Warm greetings from Jowali Bean. I'm Özgür, General Manager of Jowali Bean, and welcome to Joy of Weightlessness podcast series. Today we have Dr. Tara Swart. Welcome, Dr. Tara. Thank you so much for having me, not just on the podcast, but on this beautiful island. Great to have you here, and uh, we have lots to discuss. Mm-hmm. But before, let me introduce you, actually, which you don't need that much, but maybe some of our audience would like to know more. Dr. Tara is a neuroscientist and a former psychiatric doctor and senior lecturer at MIT Sloan. And also she is executive advisor to some of the world's most respected leaders in media and and, uh, and business. Dr. Tara is passionate about teaching others how to apply lessons from neuroscience to enhance everyday lives. That's we are going to also discuss in some part. And uh, Dr. Tara is also published uh, a few years back her book, The Source, which I'm already on the halfway through with it, and uh, which is guiding you to open your mind and change your life. <laughs> yes, Dr. Tara, welcome again. And please take us to your journey to becoming a neuroscientist. Thank you for asking. It's a it's a long and unusual journey because I went to medical school in the UK about 30 years ago. And at that time, neuroscience wasn't a very popular subject. You couldn't do a degree in neuroscience at that time. I wanted to be a neurologist. So when I was able to choose special topics, I would choose the neuro part of every topic, like neuroanatomy, neurophysiology, neuropharmacology. And then I was invited to do a PhD in neuroscience, which I took three years out of medical school to do. And then when I came back to medical school to do the practical part, I didn't love neurology as much as I loved psychiatry because it was more about how people were thinking, how their mood changes, how they respond to stress. And so I worked as a psychiatrist um, for seven years. And then 15 years ago, I set up my business Um, during the financial crisis around 2008-2009, helping very stressed executives to build their mental resilience. Could you please share with our listeners more about your work and the recent breakthroughs in your field? Yeah, so since I've been a neuroscientist, we've had so many advances in technology, like CT scans, MRI scans, functional MRI, and many, many more. And this has meant that we can look at the brain when it's working at its best. Before, we could only look at the brain when there was a problem, like a stroke or a a road traffic accident or a brain tumour, and then try to work out, okay, what does that mean about how the brain works when it's functioning normally? Now, with these scanning techniques, we can look at people like you who are managing a great deal of stress, functioning in all different sort of modalities, managing people, um, managing teams, working internationally, traveling a lot, and see how your brain is responding when you're under stress, when you're recalling a memory, when you're feeling a certain emotion. And that's why I extended my work from executives to everyday life. You know, how are you managing in your relationship? How are people managing with their family? And also, we've had so many crises in the world since, you know, in the last 5, 10, 15 years, that what we need to get out of our brain has changed. 
there's more importance on mental health, for example. So neuroscience can apply to all of those things. Actually, what what you're saying and what I'm understanding, which sometimes I'm briefing to our teams, mm-hmm. right? And please correct me if I'm wrong. Mm. Throughout the day, like you said, if we have different modalities and we are in a, in a multitasking mode most mm. of the time, mm. so we might change our roles in every five minutes mm. because actually we are playing different roles. Yeah. At one point we are an executive, mm-hmm. and another point we immediately turn to a friend, mm-hmm. and to our parents it's we are still their son or daughter, mm-hmm. and then at home you're a wife or husband. Mm-hmm. So every now and then throughout the day we are actually trying to play several roles, or we are putting Absolutely. a lot of hat, Absolutely. and we don't realize actually not that much aware how much weight. Uh, in our in our shoulders yeah yeah you're absolutely right so within a day you could change your role so many times and also if you look back at your career and your life over the years how many times you've changed who you what your job role is what your relationship status is so that's basically neuroplasticity Mm -hmm. which is the ability of the brain to keep changing and growing throughout life like well throughout adulthood and you mentioned awareness and that's actually the first and most important step of neuroplasticity, which is being able to be resilient and adaptive and you know keep up with all these changes. So the process of neuroplasticity is being aware of what you need to do or what you need to change, um, focusing attention on opportunities to display the behaviours that you want to, deliberately practising the right behaviours for being the husband, being the general manager, and then holding yourself or finding a way to be held accountable. So how do I know that if I come back here in six months' time, you won't just say, oh, Tara, I tried for a few weeks after you left, but then I just was too busy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, true, true. And throughout your whole journey, all your you know career, what was the most interesting experience you have had? That's such a good question. I've never been asked before. So (laughs) I've worked with hundreds, if not thousands, of of people, mostly executives, and helped them to make changes. And it's very easy to sit next to someone and and say, you need to try harder, I know you can do this. So I think my most interesting experiences are when I've tried to change something and I've struggled. And I've got two examples. One was when I was skiing. And I got to a really sharp turn and I became very afraid and I stopped and I sat down. And I remember thinking, if I stand up now, I'll just go straight down that mountain and I'll die. And I waited for so long that my muscles became weak and the instructor was saying, Tara, you have to get up, you have Mm -hmm. to turn, you have to start. And in that moment I thought, this is what I ask people to do with their brain. (laughs) And now you have to practice Yeah, exactly. Um, And so my second example is, I've learned quite a few languages in my life, I'm sure Mm -hmm. you have too, and the last one that I learned as an adult was Danish, it was quite difficult, and again, I remember the physical effort that that required, I was always so hungry when I was having the lesson, I was very tired afterwards, but after about two months, I went through a lesson and the teacher said, okay, we're finished today, and I was... I was surprised, like I wasn't hungry or tired. And that's when I realized neuroplasticity happened in my brain. Like 
Danish, the pathway for Danish became a bit easier. Yeah. And experiencing that as a neuroscientist is quite amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Using yourself as, as a whole experiment. Of experiment. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And now you are with us for a few days and you will be also meeting with our guest within mm-hmm. the next two weeks mm-hmm. and you will be uh, you will be assisting our well-being team mm-hmm. and our guests to achieve their the best right throughout their stay in Jolly Bean. And you know in Jolly Bean our offerings are centered around the four pillars. Mm. Why do you think the mind is an important pillar? I think it's for a reason I mentioned earlier, which is that before we had sophisticated scanning technologies, we used to treat the mind like it was something separate from the body. Now we understand much more how everything's interconnected, so at the simplest level, the brain-body connection. But also the way that I work is physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, and this aligns perfectly with Jawali Being's four pillars of mind, energy, skin, and microbiome. You know, we understand very much that what you eat affects your gut microbiome. Mm -hmm. We understand that what you eat might even have an impact on your skin. But it's taken a lot longer for us to understand that what you eat has an impact on your mind, how you make decisions, how you manage emotions. And actually, even though the brain is very small in your body, it's using up 20 to 30% of what you eat. So when you're asleep, your brain is using up 20% of what you ate that day. When you're stressed, it's using up 30% of what you eat. So, especially in your role, you know, do you ever wake up in the morning and think, I know you love salmon, but (laughs) what what should I eat today so that I can be the best leader that I can be? What should I eat today so that I can make the best decisions? Most people don't do that. They might say, I want to lose weight or I want to build muscle. So understanding that this pillar of mind is, you know, it's equally important to energy, skin, microbiome, etc., is is very progressive of Jawali being. Yeah, yeah. And um, we are also going to develop immediately a menu soon, uh, mm. prepared by you with our chefs, right? What are we going to call that menu? Should we call it the mind menu? Mind. Sounds uh, good. Yes, mind menu. So it will be available uh, throughout uh, Dr. Taro's visit in here. And yes, finally, what do you think of our philosophy of finding joy in weightlessness? What does it mean to you? I love this because over my career, I've gone from being extremely scientific to merging science and spirituality, which is what I tried to do in the book that you're Mm -hmm. reading, The Source. So to me, the joy of weightlessness is about being rather than always doing. In the modern world, we are so overloaded with information that in one day, if you read a newspaper from beginning to end, like let's say the New York Times, you would receive more information from that newspaper than somebody would in one in their entire lifetime a hundred years ago. So you can imagine how stressed we are. But you know, in olden days, we would walk barefoot in nature, we would look at the stars in the sky, we would sit around the campfire at night, Now we don't naturally do anything like that. And that's why we need to take time out to come to a place like this to reset, but also to take that feeling of weightlessness back into our everyday life. And also learn how to practice it. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what's the beauty is, especially now while you're here, 
our guest has actually lots of advantage to your yeah. press and Joali being yeah. because throughout the year you are pretty much busy and traveling and assisting yeah. others. So yeah. now you are with us. Now, thank you very much, Dr. Tara. It was a great thank conversation. It, it was very much uh, inspiring. Thank you. And thank you again usual. for having me. It's so beautiful. Thank you very here. much. Yes, we have finished one of our podcasts and the Joy of Weightlessness series and looking forward to meet you all in the next one. Have a good day.